Let's uh, just, you know, do a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Abba, for your love and your mercy, your grace, your peace, Father, that is in this place. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your assistance, for you've been here since this morning and up until now. Holy Spirit, we give you complete and absolute permission to do what you came to do because many come with heavy heart. They need a breakthrough. Many come, they need a, they expecting a word. So Holy Spirit, we give you permission. We put you to work. We ask that you, you fill every heart that is empty. You tear down every stronghold. You tear down every heaviness in the name of Jesus. You, 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 you release an open heaven blessing in this place. Father, we expecting, Father, the move of God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that, Father God, you may use me, Father, as a vessel that you can speak through me father so that I, your children father can receive father from you father have your way through me use me father however you desire holy spirit use me in this very moment to bring this word forth in jesus name we pray hallelujah let's give it up for him one more time aren't you excited to be in his house aren't you excited to be in his house to know that you are chosen by him to know that he loves you unconditionally to know that no matter what you do, it cannot separate his love. That is, that is, that is something. Hallelujah. We can boast in just knowing that, yes, Father, my Father loves me. I can boast in that relationship. Yes, I am a child of God. I am seated in heavenly place. He loves me unconditionally. Nothing I do, not yesterday, not today, not in the future can ever separate me from his love. In fact, he gave me grace. When, when I messed up, he's giving me more grace. When I messed up, he's actually pouring more grace in my life. So, so I can continue the course, right? Amen. So today... Um, this whole month, we've been teaching and preaching uh, about um, about training. I'm sorry. I think probably needs a little bit of water. About training. May open this for me. We've been, you know, teaching about training, and the whole. And today is our last one. Have you been learning anything? Amen. 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 Yes, so um, we've been teaching about training, the whole series of training. By the way, it's really nice to see you, uh, Soraya and uh, Saddam in the back. Some beautiful people. Amen, amen. I don't know about you. Every time I'm here, I'm always, there's an extra joy that always added into me. You know, and I know what the word says when it says, you know, you know it's better to, be, to spend one minute in his presence than a whole lifetime outside. So there's a secret, you know, you know, catch it. Amen. <laughs> so uh, we've been teaching about the whole t series of training and the importance of training as God's children, as believers, as those that have a calling and a destiny. We all have a purpose. We're not here by accident. The Father predestined us specifically for an assignment. So you hear it's not by coincidence that you're in this place. I know often the enemy will try to tell you lies that <clears throat> that your life is that you're worthless, that you you don't have a you know you don't have a purpose, that you don't have a reason, that you, what you do somebody else can do it. No, what you do only you can do it because nobody else has your DNA. Nobody else was made in your image. 
Nobody else was, was no, the father did not take time with nobody else but you. When you make it personal, then everybody else can make it personal. <laughs> Amen? So when I speak, I said, yeah, he died for me. Jesus died for me. I am sitting in a heavenly place. I don't know about you, but I am sitting in a heavenly place. So when you make it personal, then you can, you know that the Father predestined you for greatness. So I say this to say, so the first series, uh, the first teaching we did, we, it was about the big cues, the big questions, the question that we should ask as God's children. When it comes to training, there are some questions that we need to ask. Why? And many times, we pretty much were showing that many times, a lot of people don't train because they don't know why they need to train. They don't know that they have a calling. They don't know that they are God's children. That They don't know that Abba predestined them. So it is important to know and understand identity. When you understand identity, then we know that, okay, I am very much right in my place. I just need to be developed. I'm not here by coincidence. I just need to be developed. So that's the purpose of training. So when we start asking those, those questions, then we can get answers. And the second week, we talked about sight and heart to serve. And the reason why it's important as believers, as God children, as those that are called to co-labor, we're working with him. There's a process of, you know, of, of of gaining the knowledge, there's a process of us developing ourselves, and eventually there's a process where we become co-laborers, where we are co-laboring with him to help develop others to become like him. Amen? So, but we need to have the right sight and the right heart, because sometimes we see people from our own perspective. We make our own judgment. We don't give people a chance to grow, or we don't give people a chance to even introduce them to the, to, to, to the gospel, to, to the word. Because we already make a decision, oh, no, they're not going to receive it. And that's not our job. Our job is we freely receive it, we freely give it away. Amen? We freely receive it and we freely give it away. And the heart, we need to have a, the right heart. Because when ministering to people, when bringing people into the body, when, we revealing, when we're telling somebody that Abba loves them, that he has a destiny, that they are God's children, they need to see that not just out of your mouth, but your heart. We need to have compassion. Because when we have compassion, then people can truly receive. You know, they can see Christ through us. Amen? And last week, uh, we talked about a servant leader. We were pretty much kind of like describing the whole concept of a leadership. You know, and part of training is we training also to become leaders. Those, though we are, we are predestined to be leaders, but there is, there is a level of development that needs to take place. And we first, we, 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 we lead ourselves first. We have to first lead ourselves. We have to transform our mind. We have to renew our mind. We need to do some soul development. And then we, the Father would put that to test. We train that the smallest things, we don't despite, despise small beginning. You're finding the, the, like just a little bit of thing that you're doing wherever that the Father placed you, that is part of your training. You're cleaning a church. You're cleaning at your job. You're cleaning at your household. That is a form of training. That is a form of leadership. You're leading people. The Father can entrust you with more when you are faithful with the little bit. Amen? So we don't have to get to the very top to qualify or to feel that, okay, that's where the Father called us, that your leadership training start today. In fact, it start, start 
yesterday. Amen. <laughs> so the more we develop ourselves, the more we can be a great influence to others' lives, then that is more we are qualifying ourselves to lead at a greater level. Amen. And today, we're pretty much going to, um, <laughs> we're just pretty much going to talk about, to close out, we're just going to reveal to you this, you know, break down a mindset. Mindset of a soldier, mindset of athlete, and mindset of a farmer, and how they train, and what that looks like. Today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to close it out with the mindset of a trainer, where we're going to, training mindset. And the, 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 the topic of our series today is, uh, I was, it's funny, because I was trying to find two things, because I'm really going to start it one way and transform it to spiritual, which is what Paul is pretty much talking. Um, throughout teaching, uh, Paul was pretty much revealing to, to the church as far as what it looks like. To, to, to have a mindset of a soldier, of a farmer, of an athlete. But he was showing that in a physical perspective simply because he was trying to demonstrate a spiritual perspective. So he kind of like, you know, a parable, like what Jesus, you know, you know, Jesus was the best at that. Most of the time, anything he want us to understand or his disciple or the followers to understand, he would give them a... Uh, a physical, something that they are familiar with, analogy, so that they can understand the spiritual aspect of it, you know. And then he will go deeper with those that he that, that are his disciple and give them a deeper revelation. Amen. So that's pretty much what we're going to do today. We're going to break down for you the concept, the mindset of a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer, and then apply it into our spiritual lives. Because when we have that, when we have the spiritual we can get the natural easier. Amen? So um, we're going to start with uh, 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 7. we pretty much going to just keep a few, a uh, couple of the verses, but we're going to read the whole thing just to kind of give you a better perspective. Uh, and this is Paul talking to Timothy. Um, Timothy was kind of like, uh, uh, was a, uh, Paul was Timothy's uh, mentor, you know, um, and I just, I'm always, I love reading Paul's letters to Timothy because you could just see the heart, his heart. Um, it says, um, so the first one, uh, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God, gave, that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So he's just putting him saying, you know, okay, this is what I've received myself, and I'm passing it on over to you so we can pretty much do the work together. And three, it says, endure suffering along with me. So he said, you know, okay, this is what I receive. I'm passing it over so we can carry, co-labor together. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. I love how he actually emphasized good soldier. 
<laughs> that means they're bad soldiers. Like he's saying, hey, you know what? As a good soldier. So not many people in your circle are good soldiers. <laughs> soldiers don't get tired. Well, I'm sorry, tied up in the affair of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. So he's pretty much saying, now he's pretty much having a conversation with him. He's saying, okay, hey, you know what, let's jump, in, you know, let's jump in this board. with. Let's jump on this journey with me. But remember, I'm just letting you know that while we're on this, board, on this journey together, don't get yourself involved like those that are out there. Because the fact that you sign up for this assignment, the... the, the, the Affair of this world is no longer part of our, you know, is, is no longer part of, part of your, I would say, your daily lives. So he's saying, okay, you know what? As of today, we don't focus on this. This is where we focus. We don't focus on the worldly stuff. Amen? He says, don't get tied up. Don't get tied up on the affair of civilian life because you're no longer a civilian. You're a soldier. Not in the army of the Lord. I know I talk about this. Because as God's children, as children, we are children of God. We are children of the Most High. But he's, he's pretty much giving a description um, so that we can have a better perspective of what he's talking about. Amen? So we're not joining the army because, again, the armies are for the angels. The angels are the army of the Lord, but we are children. But he's talking about an assignment. He's giving him a description of what this looks like. Amen? And also, if anyone compete in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Again, he's just giving him some, um, some standard. You know, he's giving him some foundation. First, you don't get involved in the stuff of the world. That you no longer, this is no longer part of your responsibility. Get, get away from that. Second, if you're going to compete, this... This, this is how athlete does it. So just, just be mindful that while you're in this, this is kind of like an athlete. You know, um, you're going to be training. So he's pretty much giving him a perspective. Okay, you know what? Because you're not only as a soldier to have a mindset to remove yourself from this, the, the world, the affair, but also you're going to be um, training. So he's giving him a perspective. He's pretty much he's kind of giving him like a foresight. Okay, you're also going to be training, do a lot of training. Amen. And he's giving him a third perspective. He said, like, okay, not only you're going to be, you remove yourself, and not only as an athlete you're going to be focusing on training, but also there is a reward that comes after it. And a hardworking farmer should be first to enjoy the fruits of their labor. So not only he's giving him a perspective, okay, as if you also going to have to do some hard laboring, but at the same time, because of your diligence, you're going to also reap the first fruit before anybody else. And you rightfully deserve it. Amen? And he's pretty much telling you, you know, think about what I'm saying right now. Just think about it, and the Father's going to give you more revelation, more understanding in regards to those things. So what do we understand out of this? So he's pretty much giving him description and perspective of, okay, this is the assignment. This is what you're getting yourself involved in. 
as a soldier, you, now you, and you don't focus about the worldly stuff. But as a soldier, because you're a soldier, you're going to be doing some training. So, yes, as a soldier, you train, but he's giving him even a different, deeper perspective, as in, as a soldier, you're going to be training not only just from a perspective of a soldier, but even a further perspective of, of an athlete, because athlete and soldiers, they do train, but their training can be even sometimes even intense. So he's giving him a foresight, okay, this is definitely going to be part of your, um, of your journey. Amen? And you're also going to be reaping out of it. So when we think about soldiers, we think about mission. We think about war. And, and all of that he's describing, he's pretty much giving, again, a physical demonstration, a natural demonstration to explain to us the level of work we have to do in our spiritual lives. A soldier, he given a, a, a soldier perspective because he thinks in the mindset of war and mission. He's like, you know what? As a soldier, you don't focus on the things of the world anymore. Because first, if you can put in perspective as a so, one that joined as a soldier in a military, I've never actually served as a, in the military, but I was in um, ROTC for a little bit. <laughs> I serve in ROTC for one semester. And that was all the training that I need. <laughs> and it is very tense. And I can actually, because he's describing so many perspectives to give us a mindset of what we have to prepare for. And so many, and he's making the connection along the way. So he's showing that, okay, as a soldier, there is a level of intensity that you have to, that you're going to be facing. As an athlete, the level of training that you have to, actually going to have to do, and rules that you're going to have to follow. And as a farmer, about harvesting, about planting and harvesting. Let's break it down just a little bit. So, as a soldier, first, like we said, war and mission is your first assignment. It's all about mission all the time. So he's showing us, hey, you know what? Your whole life as believer, as God's children, we are in a war all the time. Though many times, sometimes we, we don't think about that, but we are in a war. We're warring with ourselves first. We're warring with ourselves. Ourselves, our flesh is, does not want us to pursue, to do the things that the Father has called us to do. But nevertheless, there is a mission. So we must train. We have to train because as a soldier, there is an end goal. There is a mission that we have to fulfill eventually. And if we don't train ourselves properly, when the mission comes, and that mission is inevitable, it will happen. It will come to pass. So we must train whether you like it or not. So having a mindset of a soldier is to remove yourself from the things that the Father often didn't tell you to do, is removing, is to identify it first. What has he called you to do? And then focus on that. Because many times you can engage yourself in things that you don't see fruitful. But it's simply because you're in the wrong mission. 
You sign yourself in something, but then you're not fulfilling the requirement of that mission. Can you imagine a soldier join a military group and they said, you know what, I'm just going to drive home every week. There is a base. Amen. The military has a, there's a military base. You stay there. You don't think, you don't even get to call home. I think now they changed it a little bit. But at first, back in the day, you couldn't just call home. You would send letters. Hopefully they receive it. So, and the, the whole concept of that is the separation that takes place. The training, they train in your mind as in you separate from this world. You are in this world, but you're not of it. So he's like, you know what? Okay, there's a major separation that takes place. Okay, though you're here, but don't focus on this because you're really not here. Amen? And the mindset of a soldier is also based on protecting their country. A mindset of a soldier is very survival. It's always about defending, survival. So he's giving, them, giving Timothy a perspective. Hey, you coming on board with me. He says, join me. I like that. I don't know if Timothy asked him that he wanted to join, but he's like, hey, you joining me. And this, those are the requirement. He's pretty much giving him the requirement. If, you're gonna do, if we're going to do this a long way, if, we're gonna, if this journey is going to last, this, this is the level of training and discipline that we need that we're going to need. And as a soldier, because there's always an attack, you never know when the attack might come. So because of that, we always have to train. As a soldier, you always have to train. Because there is a mission. We just don't know when that mission is coming. Amen? So because there is always, there is a mission ahead, we have to train. And we have to protect at any cause. If we have to defend our country at any cause, we have to. And that's why even the Bible talks about where we have to equip ourselves so that we can defend. We might have to give a good word. So that's why it's always important to train ourselves as a soldier. Having a mindset, separate yourself. Separate yourself among the rest. I love how he says, endure with me in suffering because it is going to be a hard journey. He's giving him a heads up. He's like, okay, there's going to be a hard journey. I'm just letting you know. But it's fine. I'm right along with you. We're going to do this together. We're going to co-labor together. Amen? In 2 Timothy 2 verse 12, it says, if we endure hardship, we will reign with him. But if we deny him, we will, he will deny us. As a, heart, as a soldier, you have to understand that there is some hardship that's going to be coming along your way. There are things that you did not sign up for. Many times, like a lot of times when we, when we, you know, I've spoken to a, a few believers, you know, especially often new believers. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't know this was part of it. <laughs> And one thing I've seen often is when a person is a new believer, as a new convert, the father kind of, you know, there's a certain obstacles you don't face in life. Because I think he allowed it so that he allowed those, he allowed you a smooth, um, 
a smooth beginning. So that, you know, you can just kind of like, you know, build up stamina. But then years later, you're going to see some different stuff. There's, there's no matter, it's no more questions about building stamina. We're always building stamina, but there's some stuff you're going to see. It's like, oh, my God, I, did not, I didn't think that was part of the, the relationship. But it's all part of the training. Amen? It's all part of the training. You may not know it, but you've built up so much now you can sustain that level of resistance. But many times, as believers, as God's children, we don't think that we should, we, should, we should get attacked. But if we don't get attacked, how will we know that we can overcome the next thing? Because we build the, we, we're going from glory to glory. And grow, from glory to glory, it's not just a matter of just anointing. But honestly, it's more so the more you overcome, the more glory that is pouring to your life. Amen? The more you overcome, the more you can, you know, somebody can talk about you and you brush that off your shoulder. That's how you built the glory. <laughs> That's how the glory truly comes. It's not, prayer is one of it. Studying the word is one of it. But anything you study, anything you pray for, there's going to be a test. Because the, there's always going to be a test to test where you're standing. Amen? So that's why we talked about the mindset of a soldier where inevitable, it's inevitable that you will, there, there will be things that come, come in your way eventually. You know? So you're preparing, you're training your mind, you're separating yourself, you're isolating yourself. Okay, you're just, just focusing on growing, developing your mind. You know, get used being alone by yourself. Get used with being alone by yourself because there are times you're going to be alone by yourself. You know, and many times the Bible, the words show how Jesus, he had to separate himself because he had to spend some time with the Father to get instruction, assignment. And I can see why Paul would bring that as an A, you need to isolate yourself from this world. Because it's impossible to hear at times if you're around people 24-7. Amen? So the next perspective we're going to show is a mindset of a farmer. I'm sorry, mindset of an athlete, which is he knew. Paul understood that so much because he was an athlete himself. He truly, truly understood that. So right now he's saying um, in 2 Timothy 2, verse 5, he says, If anyone, also if anyone competes an athlete and and it's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. And in 1 Corinthians, he also says, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25. It, um, it's not up there, but I just want to read it from my uh, laptop. It says, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it. For an eternal prize. And 26 says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Because he was a boxer. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. See how it's training it to do what it should. Not what it wants, but what it should. I'm training my body so that you can do what I ask you to do. Amen? 
I can, Paul, um, David make that same statement. He says, you know what, I, I commend my soul. He commend his soul. And the interesting thing about that, the relationship was very different. He was not a son. But yet he had the ability in, 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 to say, you know what, I'm going to commend my soul because as a man of God, he still had the ability to do that. He had the will to, to, be, to be able to do that. But Paul in this, um, in this it says, I discipline my body like an athlete. Training it to do what, I, what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So he's training himself that way when he tells somebody, he's, he's training himself to do what he tells himself to do. So that as he's telling other people to do something that he's not doing, he doesn't look messed up in front of them. It's like, hey, you know what? Pray. And you're not praying. Study the word. You're not studying the word. And people can see that when you stand up, when, when you speak, when you, whatever that you do, people can see that. Okay, you know, you t- he's telling me to do something. He's not even about that life. <laughs> he's not about that life. But he's like, you know what? I am training myself. And when you put it, when you look at the perspective of a, a trainer, I think I have a picture of uh, this guy. There we go. <laughs> Usain Bolt. Do you guys know, does everybody know uh, Usain Bolt? It's funny, many times, <laughs> I get a lot of time people will tell me, man, you look like Usain Bolt. I say, I did not look Usain Bolt. I think I look better, way better. <laughs> I look 10 times better, but he's awesome. He's a great athlete. But the interesting thing about that, no discipline, um, 27. Uh, I discipline my body like a trainer, like, like, like an athlete, to do what it should. I love that. Not what it wants, but to do what it should. Like, you wake up this, every morning at 5 o'clock. And we all can be a victim of that at times. We di- we're very disciplined. But there are times like, ooh, we cannot wake up at five. Especially if you, had, if you went to, to, you know, to bed late. Apostle, I'm, I'm the one giving the word. That's still a training. We're growing, right? We're growing. We can't do all, all at the same time to go to sleep early and then wake up. It's, it's a process. This whole concept is a process. Amen? Let me go back to the beginning of the, the theme of it. Process. <laughs> we can't go to sleep at 12 and then wake up at 5. It's a process. We're growing. We're getting there. But we haven't yet achieved that place yet. Amen? <laughs> we're still fighting a good fight. <laughs> and it's funny because I can definitely, I am a living testimony of that. Many times I will go to sleep at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, especially as a newlywed, you know, you always, you know, sometimes you stay late just, just to talk, just to interact and then you have to wake up at five 
I say, Father, I need a, a double favor, a double grace. You're going to have to give me a, a greater grace to achieve this because <laughs> a double portion. I said, because it's all important. Your marriage is important. <laughs> but the prayer is also important. So I, he's going to have to give us a greater grace. So I'm like, Father, okay. I don't, Apostle will be the first one he called. He called me at 4 o'clock or 4 something. Okay, the curb is your prayer time. I'm like, I just went to sleep, buddy. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> 1 Timothy 4 verse 8 says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefit in this life and the life to come. And we're going to get to that eventually. But he's pretty much saying, he's pretty much describing how training is very important. I was, I was doing some studies and just kind of looking back, um, uh, just looking there's some studies on Usain Bolt. Um, just looking at his training regimen. He, I mean, the Olympic only happens, I believe, every four years, correct? Every four years. They literally almost train for four years. Just for, and I believe the Olympic lasts for one month. One month or two, if I, if I believe. But I believe it lasts for one month. Four years of training just for one month of performance. And I'm like, you know what? I'm curious to know what that looks like. What is his regimen? What is, what is the level of craziness that, that goes behind the scene to keep winning those medals? They say that he's the fastest man alive. Like he won about eight medals, and I think this, this eight Olympic medals, just Olympic medals. Consistently. I mean, that is no joke. Some people, they, all they've ever won is just um, um, like the second place. Some, they just happen to be there. <laughs> A lot of them just happen to be there. But consistently, he went about eight medals. Kind of like, uh, that's the other guy, the swimmer, uh, Felt. Same thing. Winning after winning, winning after winning. But I, I was looking back at, um, I was just kind of digging into his training. They said that he works about two times, um, he trained twice a day for six days a week and six hours a day. And he has about five meals a day, so he eats a lot. But the meal that he eats are very, you know, specific. Very, very specific. But, I mean, when you think about it, that is some level of dedication. Twice a day, six hours a day. Okay, we, one would say, okay, well, that's not too bad. Six hours a day, the level of the, the intensity of the, the workout he does, honestly, work, one hour for us, we would be, you know, worn out. Rolling tires, swimming, jumping. I mean, like, he would almost have to do, like, you know, miles and miles of running daily, heavy weight lifting, just back to back, back to back, back to back, six days a week. I'm like, bro, that is a lot of training. So Sunday is the only day he rests. And the closer he's getting to the, um, to the Olympic is the more hours he goes. 
and by the time when he gets to the Olympic, he doesn't train anymore. Which kind of put you in the same perspective with the, with the soldier. When you get to the Olympic, if you didn't do any training, that's, it's, that's it. Now you just have to watch what your performance, what you've been training, let it just manifest. Kind of like what, what, what Paul says. He disciplined himself so that when other people are looking at him, they, they don't disqualify him. He doesn't disqualify himself because then the disqualification is others. People are going to look at you like, okay, yo, you're not trained. So it's important to train. And, and when we have a mindset of a trainer, we put that in perspective in our spiritual lives. We can see result. Definitely, he got some good result. Eight Olympics. Medals. He is the fastest man alive. Another example that I have for you guys that I thought would be really, really, really awesome is this young brother that I found. I think he's really, really awesome. I couldn't get his picture. Some of you guys probably know him. He won the Olympic in Tokyo 2021. He's a Chinese um, guy. Uh, he's an Asian guy. His name is Su. I can't even say, but Sue Benton. But the reason why the story about his life, because a lot of time, okay, one would look at um, um, Usain Bolt. You would say, well, he's, he's well built for that. He's like 6'5", which is because he does like the, the spring, which is the 100 spring meters. So those are like, you know, the fastest of the fastest. For him, that's like perfect because he's extremely tall. He works out, though he still works out a lot, but he still has some benefit. It makes sense that he would do it. But this brother right there, he is extremely short. He's short. To be a five point, to be a five, five, eight height, most of the time you don't compete as a, uh, as a spring runner because Everybody else around you are the, the least six. Minimum six foot, or sometimes even six one. But for him, he's only five eight. And he's been, you know, competing for many, many years, since 2012. Several times with, um, with Usain Bolt. Like most of the time, he probably was like fourth, where he was just there. But even in that, at that time, he was still winning. Like it was, he... It's because of his, um, of the level of training, of the level of result that he got, that he was still able to, to run at that level. But it was, he was just another person there, because most of the time, you only really acknowledge the first three. <laughs> Everybody else are just there. But with him, I was looking at his story um, that he, you know, he won the Olympic, he won the gold medal in 2021 in Tokyo, and many, many of us probably weren't really pay, paying attention at the time because it was right in the middle of COVID. But when I look into it and I'm like, okay, how did he do it? Because many times, many of us, we have excuses. There's many excuses. In the Asian community, that was the first time a young man at the, in that height, because most of the time they discount the Asian community because by default, a lot of them are short. So he is 5'8", and he won, his, um, his score was five, I mean, 9.83, which is like the, the amount of second that he, you know, he won, which is really, 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 really good. Just to be under 10 seconds is 
awesome. Because at first he was, um, I think some years ago, he was 9.97. Um, and then a year later after that, um, so he'd been competing so many years, I think 2012 to 2015, 9.93, something like that. But with this guy, when I look at it, I'm like, man, we don't have excuses. Because many times we will disqualify ourselves. I'm like, okay, okay, this is for certain people. Okay, those people, they have advantages. Well, they can do that. Um, this color race, they, you know, there's an open door for them. Well, they can just walk to the bank and do a certain things. Um, my family, you know, they, 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 there were so many obstacles that I had to overcome in my family to make it there. You didn't have to go through what I have to go through. So we used that ex as excuses. But there's no excuses. We all been faced with what we dealt with. We all had, hey, we have to deal with what we've been faced with. We all, getting, there's not one person in life that was not given a lemon. <laughs> but we still had to create what? Lemonade out of it. We still had, there was still, there was an unfortunate situation. If I ask any, every single one of you, every single one of us have a situation. It might be different, but it's still a situation. That was my obstacle. You probably had this, but I probably had an issue where my, my mom wasn't cooking too much. <laughs> my, my dad wasn't tying my shoes long enough. He didn't wash my clothes for me. Make sense? Though that's spoil and, uh, and entitlement and childish, but nevertheless, that was the issue in my life. Yours might have been that you got kidnapped. You got abused. We don't discount it. None of it is discount. It's just that's what you were being dealt with. But what we have to do is, as God's children, is use that situation. If the Father allow you to go through it, that means he already equipped you with the ability to overcome it. So when I look at his um, story, he won 2021 Olympic is because he had to do a level of training beyond Michael Feld. I'm saying not 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 microphone. Um, you send bolt, because he knew his he, he knew his um, weakness. He knew that he wasn't as tall, because you're looking at five eight and five, six five. That is a major. That is a major gap. But he had to train double. He had to push himself double. He had to train his mind, his body. He had to get the right coach. He had to do everything that he needed to do in order to, to perform at the same level with everybody else. He did not use that as an excuse. And I was watching his interview, and they were kind of like asking him, well, what did you have to do at first when he first met the, uh, the coach? The coach, he was telling the coach, man, oh, you know what? This is not even for me. I don't think I can do this. But the coach kind of built him up. He was like, yo, you know what? If... Why don't you use this situation to change the to, to change the whole narrative on Asian people? Why don't you change this situation, use this situation, your situation, to change the whole narrative about how people see you, see your family, see your situation, see your race of people? Amen. He's like, and he won. He won. There we go. There we go. There we go. He used his weakness as a passion, as a story, 
as a fire to change a whole narrative of his nation. Amen? And I think that's, we really don't have any excuses. We can find zillions of excuses, I promise you. If you look at your life and your situation, you can find many. But we are not to use our circumstance as an excuse. Amen? And the last one that um, Paul gave us is a mindset of a farmer. On verse 6 it says, a hard-working farmer should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. You will enjoy, you will reap fruit out of the work, the things that you do. But the thing about it is, as a farmer, you expected, but it still doesn't remove the fact that you still have to do a lot of work. You have to plant. You have to prepare it. In fact, sometimes they probably have some of the hardest work because they have to identify the right season. I find a few uh, examples for you right here. A farmer don't blame the crop when it's not growing. They just evaluate what needs to be done. As a farmer, slow progress is not the best progress. I'm sorry, slow progress is the best progress. Because great things, one thing I was reading a book about farmers, and they actually, when a thing slowly cook or slowly growing, actually they said that's a good thing. Because they're they, they not about trying to get things done fast. They said, you know what, slow progress is actually a good progress in their world. Great things take place, great things take time to grow. If they're expecting a big harvest, a big return, when it's slowly growing, it's like, you know, it's fine. Because we know that it's, we, in fact, that fruit, that particular, that, whatever that they planted that particular season, it's going to grow, it's going to probably be the best harvest that they ever get this season. Because the longer it takes to cook, the longer it takes to grow, is the better harvest result they get. Amen? And I read this um, quote. It says, as a farmer, you learn quickly that you don't get anything that you don't work hard for. <laughs> you learn quickly that you don't get anything that you don't work hard for. So if you're expecting, how much have you been working? Have you been working? Have you been truly working? Have you been planting? Have you been calculating? A farmer never plant without strategy. And also, as a farmer, you have to also identify the best soil to plant on. Because a lot of time we plant and we say that we're sowing seeds or we were doing things, but first we're sowing at the wrong place. We, there was no strategy behind what we were doing. We just did. We didn't ask any instructions. Hallelujah. Many times we just don't ask for instruction. We, don't, we just do because we feel like it's the right thing to do in this season. 
But as a farmer, in the mindset of a farmer, they calculate the season, the timing, the soil. They make sure that that soil can receive the plant, what we're, gonna, we're getting ready to, to plant on it. Amen? And I love this last one. It says, a farmer keep their field free from weeds. You have to keep your seed, your field free from weeds. Because you can plant things and others kill it. You can plant things and others destroy it. You can plant a seed and then you don't see harvest. You don't see return out of it because you plant it in the wrong way. Not only because you plant the wrong place, but also now weeds is killing it. And that, a lot of time that can even take place in a community. You have to make sure the people that you are pouring into, that it's a good soil. You have to make sure that the place that you're given, it's a good soil. You have to make sure that the environment, the people that are here to help you, that it's a good place. Because you don't want, that, you don't want weeds to kill the, your hard work. You spent years and years, or let's say you spent a whole week sowing things, sowing, sowing, sowing. And then you didn't reap nothing. Reason being because you sow at the wrong place, and then, or sometimes if you did not sow at the wrong place, weeds is killing it. Bad environment, bad advice, a bad system sometimes, not having the right information. Because sometimes we can sow thinking that we got the right information, but we got the wrong information. So wrong information can also kill a, we, a seed. So we have to be very careful as God's children, as we're training, as we expecting, while we, because as a farmer, we are expect. There is something that's going to come, come out of the, your, your hard work. There is a harvest after your hard work. However, we just have to make sure we're sowing in the right place. We're putting the right energy, that we're not just wasting time. Amen? And throughout all this thing, and this is what pretty much Paul was talking about. Paul was kind of like describing those natural perspective to kind of show you, okay, ultimately, this is how you put it in the, into your spiritual life. He was giving all this analogy not to send you out there to, to start a whole, <laughs> a whole garden or for you to join yourself in the military, or for you to start playing a sport. But he's pretty much just showing you that. So he's giving you a physical analogy so you can translate that into your spiritual life. When we fast, we are expecting the Father to open the door. But make sure we fast him with the right motive. Make sure our heart is, is right. When we sow a seed, when we give our money, make sure the ground where we plant that money is a good ground. Make sure the father told us to give that person because you could give $5,000 and then you didn't see nothing out of it. And then you get upset. He's like, Father, well, your word says this. But it's because you, were, you didn't plant in the right ground. 
You didn't sow your seed in the right ground. The Father did not tell you to do that. Amen? So as God's children, we're expecting a return. We are to train. We have to isolate ourselves. Amen? We have to isolate ourselves in a season. Take a season, like Apostle quite often would say, take a season in our life where we just focus on growing, developing our mind. Because as a soldier, from a, as, from a soldier perspective and a spirit, spiritual perspective, you have to isolate yourself to hear the Father's voice. Because a lot of time, when you, we so involved in the world activities, we miss out on so much things. We cannot hear his voice correctly. We can miss it. We can miss so much things. Just the father's talking, but we cannot hear it. Like, Father, I'm expecting. I've been praying. Why, why am I not hearing from you? Father, why am I not hearing from you? Father, I've been sowing a seed. I've been training. I've been studying the things that you told me to do. But you, because you haven't taken a season to just quiet your mind, isolate yourself. I've heard that the greatest... Those, the greatest, those that have accomplished the greatest, the most in their life are those that can isolate themselves for a season. And that's both spiritually and even in the natural. Moses, he had to isolate himself. David, he had to isolate himself. Joseph, he's been, he had to isolate himself so many times. In that pit, I'm sure he had some good time to think about some stuff. <laughs> in that prison, there are seasons we have to, in order for us to prepare, in order to train, in order for us to, to, to get the result that we've been praying for in life, we have to be able to isolate ourselves like a soldier, a mindset of a soldier. Because there is an, an expected end. There is a mission. We're not just doing things just because, but there is a mission. Amen? There is a mission. We are working towards a mission. We are training like a soldier towards a mission. And the mission will come to pass. You will be tested. The Father will put you in position where you have to show what have you been doing. Like Paul says, you know what? I discipline myself so that when I tell people to do one thing, they can actually see the work in my life. They can see the result in my life. I'm not just saying things. I've been training. He trained himself, but also he's like, you know what? Not only I've been training, you can see the result in my life. And I can see why he would tell Timothy, hey, you know what? Get on board. Join me, Timothy. And... Pretty much what Paul is pretty much saying on all this is in order to get spiritual training is important. I'm sorry, physical training in 1 Timothy 4 verse 8. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is better. Amen? Physical training is good. It's good to do all these things. So he's pretty much showing that all these trainings those people are doing, that's great. But you know what's even better? It's spiritual training. Because it's always going to be spiritual over natural. If you, get, if you can master your spiritual, the natural just come 
like when the word says to seek first the kingdom. If you seek first the kingdom, I promise you whatever else natural that you're expecting, you're believing for, it's just going to fall in your lap. And he says, you know what? And he's breaking all of this down as one that is, he understands the importance of training. But he's saying, yet he's still saying physical training is good. I'm not telling you not to train physically. But spiritual training is even better. Because it promised a life, I'm sorry, it says promising benefit in this life and the life to come. And he also, also says that all athletes are disciplined and training. No, 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 I'm sorry, it's this one actually. All athletes are trained. All athletes are disciplined in their training. There we go. They do it with a when they do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternity, for an eternal prize. And the goodness, when you, the beautiful thing about this, he's pretty much showing you that a, yes, you can get things on this earth, the natural things, but when you train spiritually, you're getting eternal blessings. Not eternal blessing as in the afterlife, but as believers, as God's children, what do we know? We know that your spiritual life begins the moment, what? You're born again. And that's why I can actually understand the separation he makes with the soldier. So you are in this world, but you're not operating according to this world system. And your spiritual, your, your eternal life begins the moment you accept that. So you, the moment you accept that, you're not in this world system. You're operating according to Abba's kingdom. So what, what, what do we do now? We pull from the kingdom in order to manifest in the physical life. We pull from the kingdom in order to see natural things happen. He says that by faith, in Hebrew 11 verse 3, it says by faith, what do we do? We understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command that what we now see did not come from anything that we can see by faith so he's pretty much showing us hey you know what you are whatever you expecting whatever you are don't overwhelm yourself running after things of the natural don't overwhelm yourself with that Jesus even, even gave that example. He says, you know what, whoever wants to save his life, you're going to have to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, you will win it. If you submit your life, if you lose your, your life, if you, if you give your life, you're going to gain it. And that perspective is the same perspective with the trainer, with the soldier with the athlete, and with the farmer. In order to, when, when, even with the farmer, what they do is they have to sow a seed. When you put that seed in the ground, it has to die in order for it to, 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 to grow. So in everything that you do, you always have to submit yourself. You have to surrender yourself into the mission that you have been called into. You can't be partially, you can't be in and out. And most of the time, we don't see the result that we're expecting, we're believing for, because we are in and out. 
one Sunday we hear, one Sunday we're not here. One Sunday, we, you know, one week we're praying, you know, um, you know, we're praying, we're studying, and one week we don't. And as a soldier, you don't get that option. As a soldier, you don't get the option of just waking up whenever you desire. You don't get that option. We wish we had that option, but we don't get that option. So because you submit, you enter into the, the military, you give yourself to Christ. The moment you give yourself to Christ, you now pretty much fall in one of those categories. The moment you give yourself to Christ, you fall in under one of those categories. As a soldier, as an athlete, or as a farmer. You have to separate yourself, you have to train, and you have to sow your seed. Amen? The moment you come in this relationship, it's either you're in or you're not in it. It's either you're in or you're not in it. The Bible says that no man put their hand on the plow and look back. You don't put your hand in God's work and then you, you look back or you remove yourself out of it. You don't join something and then, you know, because things are not going how you want it and then you leave. You were never really in. You were never really submit. Trainers don't start training and then you say, you know, I'm just going to train. This is stop. This is not good. You just, you don't compete. You just don't compete. You're not going to compete. You know why? Because there have, there's so many... Um, games that they have to play leading to the Olympic. There's so many pre-game they have to, pre-game they have to do leading to the Olympic. And your level of training will determine in the first two games if you can make it. In order for you to make it to the Olympic, to, the, to that place you're expecting, your level of training will either qualify you or disqualify you in the moment. Like Paul says, you know what? He checked himself so that he doesn't disqualify himself. When you see those um, those pregames, like whether it's in a basketball, you know, basketball game or whatever sport it is, those pregames leading to the semifinal, it's pretty much showing, okay, your skill set. Okay, you can stick around. You can stick around. It shows your level of training. Okay, you've been training. It shows that, okay, yeah, okay, well, you've been taking the notes. You've been doing what the coach has been telling you. If you make it to the final games, that means you really, you really, really been training. And you deserve, nobody gave that to you. You deserve to be in that final place. But if you're not there, yourself, your training skills, it just shows you just put you on the blast. Your training just put you on the blast. Oh, I didn't make it this, this season. We weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. That's all it is. If you didn't make it to the final, there was something you should have been doing you did not do. You were not doing. So because of that, that's why you're not at the final. That's, that's why you did not win the meadow, the harvest, because you're supposed to. 
It's expected. And that's what he's showing. He's like, hey, uh, a hardworking farmer is expected to reap from the hard work that he's been sowing. You're supposed to. Why not? If I've been working, I'm supposed to get from that work. If I sow something, it should work. It should, I should, it should harvest. It should bring back sevenfold. But if it doesn't, I did something. There is something. I need to go back to the drawing board or just go back to my system. What, okay, what did I do? As spiritual children, that's when we go back and say, Father, okay, what am I not doing? A self-evaluation. Holy Spirit, show me, reveal to me, what are some of the things in my life that I'm not doing? Because I'm supposed to get result. Result is part of the process. You don't just train and then not get result. You don't just practice, practice, practice. You know, you isolate yourself. You separate yourself from the world. You, you're studying. You're, you know, you're doing everything you need to do. And then you don't get result. There is a problem. So if I'm not getting result, then something is wrong. And that something most of the time is just we think we're training, but we're not training as much as we are supposed to. We think we're doing what we, we're giving our best, but the Father is like, you can do better. You can get this, but to get that is going to require, require a you're going to have to pull something deeper. You're going to have to go deeper. You can get 100, but to get 5,000, you're going to have to go deeper. You're going to have to use a different strategy. You're going to have to put more work. The word says deep calls what? So every time you feel like, okay, I'm praying for something deep and it hasn't yet happened. Okay, I need to go deeper. If I'm praying for something deep to take place in my life, it hasn't happened. Okay, I need to go deeper. I need to pull deeper because it's calling. So you give and you receive. Amen. What are you willing to give? What are the things that you're willing to give up? Like a trainer, like a soldier. We're about to be finished. What are the things that in your life that is blocking you from entering into the blessings that the Father has for you? What are you willing to give up to gain that life? Why are you not receiving? Those are the questions that we need to ask. Father, I know that you showed me, you told me to do this, but I'm not seeing it manifested. What are some areas of my life that I'm not fully operating, that I think that I'm operating at my best, but I'm not operating at my best according to your standard. But what am I not doing, Father, that's causing those delays in my life? Because you just show me a working, a hardworking farmer is supposed to get a harvest. That is my portion I am predestined to be blessed. I am predestined to have a blessing life, an abundant life. I am predestined to have what Abba, the word says that it is his good pleasure. That's what he desired, not you. He desired to give us the fullness of his kingdom. Your destiny. He put you in training so that, A, you can equip yourself for the greater purpose. All of those training at the end of the day, it's for nothing but for your destiny. The Father's not just telling us to train, to do all these things, just to, just to do it. No. He has a purpose. 
He called you. If you're not, the only reason why you are alive is because there is a purpose. There is a destiny. There is an assignment that needs to be fulfilled. There are things that you are supposed to do. There are people that are waiting for you. If you don't enter into your calling, they will not enter into theirs. But it requires training. It requires for us to take a season where we separate so we can hear his voice. It requires for us to do the work that we need to do so we can reap the harvest. It requires for us to do what the Father, those instructions, you know, we need those instructions that the Father is giving you daily. He's giving us so many things, but sometimes we disregard it. You know, most of the time, why? is because we haven't fully surrendered ourselves to the mission. We haven't fully surrendered ourselves to, to the mission of what he has, of the foundation of the mission. Soldiers, the moment they get in, they know that their life doesn't belong to them anymore. The only mission that they have is one mission. The only mission they have is one mission. It's all about the military. It's a military mission. Jump, they jump. Down, down. Move, move. They don't have the options. And I think a lot of times that's what the Father's doing for us. He's like, you're in this family. I, okay, I need you to understand this. You are no longer... Yourself doesn't no longer belong to you. You now belong to me. So I'm giving you instructions according to the things that I have placed for you, that are before you. You don't even get it. You don't even know that you need that instruction. You need to, to wake up at such and such. You need to go to sleep. You need to, to, give, to give love, to share love, to forgive that person. But part of our mission, part of this organization, the body of Christ, that's the standard. The military, that is the standard. It's either you're in or you're not. But if you're here, those are the standard. And they train the people. They train the soldiers according to the mission that is ahead. Because they've been doing it for years. So they know what you need in order to get to where you're going. In order to prepare for the mission that is ahead. You don't know. And a lot of time, I'm sure the soldiers are like, oh, my God, okay, I'm training too much. You guys are working me to death. I'm doing this. Why do I have to wake up at 2 o'clock? In a war, you don't go to sleep. There's no such thing with time. When the enemy comes, he actually trying to find the weakest point. If he knows that your weakness is sleeping, then a whole army going to come at 2 o'clock. Okay, you know, they're sleeping at this time. Let's bombard them. Let's attack. One thing, I, I was reading some, uh, something, um, they said that the uh, Roman Empire, um, the Roman Empire, or like, they were the greatest military that ever lived, that ever been, that ever formed. Like the warm Romans, they were like the greatest. But you know what killed them, what destroyed them, what, what, what destroyed their, 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 their power? Because first, a quick story about the Romans was, the Romans took the Greek. When, they, the, when the Romans invaded the Greek, they, they killed them, but they took their library. So a lot of the, um, their doctrines and their system and their, like their, you know, the Greek mythology, they pretty much took the library so that they can adapt to their, the, to their uh, philosophy. So, but one of the things with the, with, with the Romans, they were self-destruct. 
Because no empire could have ever destroyed them. You name it, could never kill them. But how they self-destruct was sexual immorality. Sexual immorality. And I was reading, I believe, out of 12 or 14, I believe 12 kings that ever lived or that ever took the throne, only two of them had wives. All the rest were with little boys, actually. Little boys. They were really heavy into homosexuality. So they were able, they destruct them by what they love. And their immoralities, their weakness, they come at a time when they were involving in things. They, they were not ready for, for war. They were not ready to fight. So another country invaded them and destroyed and killed every single one of them. They were self-destruct. They killed themselves because nobody could ever destroy them. So they, they killed themselves. In fact, I don't even think nobody killed. Actually, literally because th they were so much involved into sexual immoralities, all the kings, whether it was Alexander the Great, all of them, you name it, they all were just indulged in that lifestyle. So their kingdom was destroyed by themselves. Nobody killed them. Nobody destroyed them. They self-destruct. So I say that to say to it's important to train ourselves because we have a greater purpose. The Father called you for greatness. Discipline is important. Discipline is important if you, not if, you know that you've been called for a greater purpose. And if you don't know, today before you leave, say, Father, what is my purpose on this life? And help me get on board with it today. Amen? Let's stand up in our feet. Losing your life is not easy. You know? And I'm not saying this because a lot of times, you know, this Christian walk, you know, this faith walk is not easy. And that's why the Father gives us grace. Paul says in Timothy, I love this verse. It says, I fought the good fight. I finished the race and I've kept the faith. From now on, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award it to me on that day. And not only, to, not only to me, but to all who crave his appearing. There is greatness. When you stick to the plan, when you stick to the training, when you stick to the things that the Father it is gonna, it's, it's, dif it's difficult at times. You know, like the word says, you know, training is not so easy. But it yield a good fruit at the end. Waking up every morning to pray, and it takes a level of discipline, if I'm being honest. It takes a level of grace. And the Father, that's why the Father gives us more grace. So it's not a matter of condemnation. The Father, the reason why the Father requires of us to train, if we can have just a little bit of music in the background. The reason why the Father requires for us to train is because he desperately desires 
for us to enter and to, to receive what he has for us. Because it's like, okay, if my son lived this whole time and if my son or my daughter lived his whole life or her whole life on this earth and not entering into the promise that I had, it's like, man, okay, as a father, I feel like I failed. As a mother, as a parent, if your children don't get, like, you had so much expectation, you have so much that you want to do for them, and when they go off track, it's like, ah. As a parent, you feel like you didn't, you didn't do such a good job. You feel like, man, okay, I could have done better. I should have done better. You're feeling, oh, man. But the thing is, you did all you could, all you can. You really did. You gave as much love as you can. You gave, you did everything you, you, you possibly could with the ability that you had. They just were not receiving it. So today we just want to, I just want, the Father is letting you, us know that I've fulfilled, there is a greater grace for you to do the things that I've called you to do. All you have to do is receive it. Training is hard, but it's going to yield you a good fruit at the end. You're going to get your breakthroughs, the things that you're expecting for, you're going to get them at the end. I promised you. Your work, your praying life is not in vain. Your fastings are not in vain. If you stick to the plan, if you stick to the track, if you stick to it, before you know it, you're going to see so much blessings. It's going to happen. It's going to flood it, overwhelm you before. Like, man, where is this coming from suddenly? It's not sudden. You've been praying. You've been piling up clouds above. It's not sudden. It's been piling. Now is your season for harvest. Amen? Now is your season for harvest. So if you're expecting some harvest because you've been training, or even if you haven't been training, now is the time, time to say, Father, you know what? I want to fully give myself, fully surrender myself to the mission. I didn't, I didn't understand it at first. I think I missed it. Father, when you told me to start this, when you told me to, to give myself, when you told me to give my life, I, thought, I didn't fully understand what that meant. I gave it partially because that's all I knew. I gave it partially. I studied for two hours because I thought that's what all you really meant. I prayed for five minutes because I felt that's all I was able to do. But in this season, the Father's calling you to go deeper. It says, daughter, son, you have so much more in you that you don't even know. You have so much in you. Why? Because you have me in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead is sitting right in you. So you can do what? All things. You really can. Because the greatest thing that you need is already in you. So we're just going to pray today. We're going to ask the Father to have his way. A complete surrender. How many of you want to do a complete surrender this morning? A complete, absolute surrender. Father, have we realized that we've, done, we've been doing this, Father, not the right way. We're giving half of our heart, Father, half of our daily schedule, 
half of our plan, Father. We have a plan and we just give it to you. And we ask you, Father, to work with it. But in reality, Father, we should simply ask you, Father, what's the plan? Father, what is the plan, Father? What does it look like? What is the blueprint? So, Father, in this moment, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for a double portion, Father, of your grace. A grace, Father, to pursue, Father God. A grace, Father, to surrender the things of this world, Father. Father God, and focus, Father God, on you alone. A grace, Father, hallelujah, too, Father God, to have a burning desire, Father God, to train, Father God, as we should. A grace, Father, Father God, Father God, to, to prepare ourselves, Father God, for the task that is ahead. Because we can't do it alone. We can't do it alone, Father. We've tried, Father God, and we know, Father, we can't do it alone. Pour, Father God, your anointing, Father. Give us, Father God, a fresh oil, Father. A fresh oil, Father God. A greater grace, a strength, Father God. Father God, we focus us. We focus us, Father God. We focus our lens, Father God, to you. We focus, Father God, our lens, Father God, on you. Give us the right focus. Holy Spirit, baptize us in this very moment. Holy Spirit, minister to us. Lead us into the plans that Abba has for us. Father, we assign, we enroll ourselves today, Father, in your, Father God, assignment. Father, we stand on your foundation and your foundation alone. And we receive instructions, Father, from you, Father, and you alone. We will not move according to how we feel, but according to, Father God, to what you told us. Father, we thank you, Father God, for a double portion of strength, Father, for, for the task that is ahead. Give us a greater, Father God, a greater portion, Father God, of your strength for the task that is ahead of us. That is the only way, Father, we can sustain. That is the one, only way, Father, we can stand. That is the only way, Father, we can stand. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you in this place, Father. For touching every man and every woman, every son and daughter. For strengthening them, Father. For strengthening them. Give them strength, Father, in this season. Because they need it for the next season. They need it for the next season, Father. Give them strength, Father. Give them focus. Give them stamina, Father, to resist. Give them, Father God, consistency, Father. Give them, Father God, hallelujah, ability, Father God, to focus. In Jesus' name we pray. Give it up for him. Hallelujah. Give it up for him. Hallelujah.